Millions of years after Earth has been devastated by nuclear war, magical creatures have taken over ownership of the planet. The birth of two wizards, one good and one evil, puts the fate of man and fairy kind into question as technology makes a horrid comeback and another war looms in the bizarre 1977 animated cult classic, Wizards. I'm Connor Izagari, and this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to a very special episode of the Filmgasm podcast. I'm joined today by two new guest hosts. One of them you may remember. She's co-hosted before and she's back with a vengeance, Julie Cervantes. And I'm pleased to introduce a brand new co-host, avid film buff and Julie's boyfriend, Colton Jenkins. Thanks for being here, guys, and for introducing me to this weird ass movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having us. And you're welcome. Yeah, I didn't know about this movie uh, without Colton telling me about it. So um he also introduced it to me so very nice um so guys tell us a bit about yourselves and why you love movies okay um i really love movies because it takes me away from my reality of (laughs) but um like you know just just like the stresses of life and and then i get to sit back watch the movies i love and just like forget about everything for a moment um and then um like some of my favorites would be like sci-fi movies i really have a like gravitation towards space and dinosaurs and like you know (laughs) fantasy i think um harry potter is like one of my favorite uh, movie series um also alien um the alien franchise has really inspired me to keep going and like be, you know, being a female, I really gravitated towards that series. Um, And then others like, um, just like creative movies that are, you know, made by people that aren't very well known. And then, um, yeah, and then what about you? Uh, I like movies just because, I like the stories that they all tell. And just like Julie said, I like how it's an escape from, you know, reality. Um, and the kind of movies I like, I love adventure movies, horror movies, sci-fi. Um, I really love zombie movies. Um, like Zombieland, Shaun of the Dead is one of my all-time favorites. I love that movie. And then, I don't know, I have a weird thing with pirate movies also. Like, I love Hook I love I love all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I know that like the last two get flack, but I, I love them just because they're so cheesy. And I like to think there's I don't think there's any I don't think there's such thing as bad movies. I think there's movies that people don't really under understand. But yeah, I also really like cheesy, stupid movies because they're fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting guys. Yeah, this is uh this is the show for y'all. We we kind of cover it all on on the Filmgasm podcast. We go all over the map with genre films, and uh, <laughs> no such thing as a bad movie. I like that. That's interesting. <laughs> I've I've seen some stuff that that might make you question that statement, but it's uh <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um. So before we get started, I do have two quick updates on the rewind. This one updates episode 20 on the Godfather trilogy. The trailer for the new Paramount Plus miniseries, The Offer, was released. 
The offer tells the story of the making of The Godfather and the insane truce Paramount Plus and stars Miles Teller, Matthew Good, Juno Temple, Giovanni Ribisi, Colin Hanks, and Dan Fogler. Uh, have you guys seen The Godfather? Um, I have, but I've seen it. I saw it so long ago that I don't really remember everything. I remember bits and pieces, and I think I've only ever seen the first one. I don't think I've seen the other ones. Um, I haven't seen them, but my parents are obsessed with The Godfather. They really like it, even though I don't know if it matters that they're Christian, but like apparently that movie is very violent and I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know why. Um, maybe it's just so good. They just don't care about it. That. <laughs> well, the first one has a series of grisly murders during a baptism. So, yeah, it's a little I mean, not at the baptism, but like while the main character is getting his newborn son baptized, he's also like organizing a whole bunch of hits across the city. So like it goes from like murder to church to murder to church. (laughs) It's a brilliant movie. Um, And the first one, despite being an American classic now at the time, like nobody wanted to make it. Everyone was like, this isn't going to work. Gangster films are dead. No one wants this. Francis Ford Coppola was like the eighth or ninth choice to direct it because everyone was turning it down. Marlon Brando was not considered a sure thing in 72. He was known as being difficult and expensive. So I know it's crazy. So there's a a wild story behind the production of this film, and I'm excited to see this miniseries. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, Our next update updates three past episodes, episodes 83, 99, and 171, Scream, Scream 2, and Scream 3. Thanks to the success of the recent fifth Scream film, another one has been immediately greenlit with the same writing directing team. Uh, Okay. I mean, so far, you know, I've enjoyed the Scream movies for the most part, uh, except for four. And I know Caleb has been on my ass about that. (laughs) If you listen to this show, you know that. Um, But the new one was cool. It felt pretty final, though. I mean, I don't I think if they just maybe don't go back to Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and just focus on this new cast, it would be better because I'm wondering how many times is Sydney going to escape this motherfucker? <laughs> I, don't I haven't uh, seen those the screen movies. I like when I was younger, younger, like maybe middle school, high school, I tried to watch the, the beginning and it was like really interesting to me. Just, you know, seeing that girl on the phone and. Uh, I, I was too scared because, you know, Julie, like being super uncultured and like, you know, in a Christian family, unable to watch horror movies anyway. Um, so like with those movies, are they like pretty much the same for every movie or are they do they actually get different? It's, it's the same movie five times in a row. It's okay. <laughs> somebody's killing teenagers. It's got something to do with Sidney Prescott. Who is it? <laughs> all five movies right there. Yeah. <laughs> but they're good they're good and the kills get a little you know more inventive they start bringing in you know cameo people who are like big names so they can kill them off and fool the audience into thinking you know oh is this the new lead character no it's not but um i i like the new one i like the, the guys who did it they're the same guys who did ready or not if you saw that oh yeah that movie was great yeah very cool wow. very funny so these guys have a, have a nice sense of humor good horror taste so i'm i think i think it'll work out a sixth scream. It's just one of those franchises that I feel like is going to be around forever. They're going to keep doing it. It's a familiar face. You know, ghost face is probably as iconic as Freddy or Jason at this point. So I don't think this will ever die. 
Do you do you feel the same way about um, the Halloween movies? Yeah, I I love the Halloween movie of the of that slasher subgenre. The Halloween franchise is my favorite. I think there's more good films in that franchise than there is in the other ones. Uh, But I'm you know I'm well aware that's also the same movie every single time. It's just fun to watch Michael Myers fuck up this town. (laughs) I don't know why it is, but like I I watch it forever. Uh, so that's the rewind. Um, let's talk wizards. Hopefully. So, yeah, this is a. Uh, I hadn't heard of this film, but as soon as I saw the poster, I was like, I know that because my dad had this on tape. And I remembered that case, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Um, I rented this on Vudu. Um, it's not available to stream anywhere for free. You got to rent this thing. Uh, but it's it's only an hour twenty. It's it's worth three bucks. I gotta say, it's a weird movie. It's not terrible. It's creative as hell, and uh, it's definitely unique. I've never seen anything like this. I doubt I ever will again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's why I chose this movie. Just because I don't think there is any movie like this movie. How did you um, like with your? You said your dad showed it to you or did you like I seem to remember him showing it to me, but he doesn't remember showing it to me. So maybe I saw the poster scrolling through YouTube and then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, wow, that looks fun. (laughs) And it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's ballsy for an animated film to throw in actual Nazi footage and just roll with it. Yeah, I know. Same. You try that shit today, that production gets shut down immediately. Oh, yeah. You know, you know this movie was rated PG. Goddamn. <laughs> PG in the 70s was like a hard R today. It's amazing. <laughs> Jaws was PG. Like, it's so it? weird. Yeah. It, like, getting an R rating in the 70s, I don't know. Short of making a snuff film, I don't know what you had to do. It's crazy. There was no PG-13 yet, so they just said, like, it's either for kids or not for kids. There's no middle ground. Oh, wow. I was so shocked when I saw this. Like, okay. Like, I knew it was going to be completely different than, you know, movies today. So I was like, okay, it's going to be different. I know that. Especially with the beginning part. The beginning is like this whole narrative, kind of like a storybook. And I was like, wow. And then, like, the animation changed, like, so much. And I was like, I was, like, staring at the screen because everything was always different. Like, there was always something different on screen. It Yeah, I... I was having at first a little trouble following the story because it's like, you know, this happened. And then 2 million years later, this happened. And then 3000 years after that, this happened. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like uh, 2 million years in the future. Um, people were no longer able to be human again. And then, you know, and then um, the elves have, or the fairies appeared and become, they became like a, like a community of fairies there was like a fairy queen or something and it was like yeah it was it was the the um the true ancestors of humans they came out of hiding after two billion years i love the complete lack of explanation for that it's like mankind's gone and now here are the fairy creatures who actually were real and just (laughs) hiding for a while yeah yeah i've i've never seen a, a film just almost like not bother to set you up just be like all right you're here so you're you're obviously going to watch this so just just buckle up yeah just roll Roll with it it. yeah (laughs) i think 
the biggest just roll with it moment is the end of the movie. Can we talk about that yet? Or, or do you want to we'll, save that? We'll get to it. Cause I was like, what in the fuck? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that for sure. Let's uh, let's get into the cast and crew first. Um, so wizards was written and directed by Ralph Bakshi, uh, director of Fritz, the cat cool world and the Lord of the Rings, the animated one from 1978. And I kind of figured because his the animation looked very similar to the 70s Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's why. Same guy. And uh, Fritz the Cat is one of the most notoriously fucked up movies of all time. Uh, haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure I will with this show at some point. Yeah, this was my first Bakshi film. Uh, so me and Colin were literally just going to say we were saying that we're going to watch that cat movie. Right. Like right after this or maybe like in the next couple days because i want to see how fucked up this guy can actually get considering this was pg (laughs) i've heard fritz the cat is like porno garfield like it's just weird as fuck (laughs) yeah that's what i've heard i actually didn't know that so i've never seen the animated lord of the rings movie but i have seen the animated hobbit movie i don't think it's the same person but it makes me want to watch the lord of the rings movie yeah, well, I'm curious because they they condensed all three books into one two hour and twelve minute movie, and I'm like, how did you even do that? So yeah. I want to I want to see it for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Cool World I've heard is neat, but like production fucked it up. It's kind of like a real. It's a one of those animated uh, live action hybrids like Roger Rabbit, where like oh. detectives are investigating like a murder in like the toon part of town. And they're all like hookers or something. I've seen clips of that and it's weird. Brad Pitt's in it. So what? maybe it's worth checking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I saw like a couple of scenes of Cool World on YouTube because I was just fucking around and um, I saw the super hot like looking blonde chick that was animated. I was like, whoa, she's hot. <laughs> yeah, she's the anim- like she's the cartoon that seduces Brad Pitt. <laughs> It's got like a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was panned, but I do want to check it out. Me too. I do too. (laughs) Not just for the girl, but like, you know, (laughs) just like in Roger Rabbit when I was a kid. Oh my God. I was like, when's the girl going to come in? Because I (laughs) her freaking tits. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I think a Ralph Bakshi movie, you're going to get to like, you know what? Just the main character. I'm afraid of the fact that there's the cats like the animals are gonna be super like i don't know i'm I'm kind of nervous to watch it almost because it seems like i don't know it's gonna be very vulgar but i think that's the whole point yeah it's one of those outrageous characters like just on purpose just to see how much they could get away with um i was after i watched the movie i was looking at i was looking up stuff about um ralph ralph bakshi and one of the things that he said is the reason that he makes his animated movies so outlandish is because he thinks that i mean it's animation so you can do whatever you want with it so you should push the boundaries of what's capable so it should be vulgar and outlandish and i think that's that's pretty interesting that's cool i'm picturing him saying that in like a job interview with disney and just so what I also learned is this movie was uh, put out by Fox, and now that Disney owns Fox, this is technically 
<laughs> Disney movie. I I love those loopholes. Just all the weird shit that now falls under the Disney umbrella. Like the Alien franchise is now a Disney movie. Oh my god, no. Never. <laughs> That's cool. Um, let's talk cast. Bob Holt voices Avatar, the good wizard. Uh, Holt was a prolific voice actor whose other work includes Gremlins, Charlotte's Web, episodes of Scooby-Doo, Super Friends, The Incredible Hulk, The Smurfs, and Dungeons and Dragons. Holt died in 1985 at 56 years old from a heart attack, and he modeled the voice of Avatar after Peter Falk, the actor who played Columbo. And at first I was like, that's Peter Falk. And I'm like, no, it's somebody pretending to be Peter Falk. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a weird character, this guy, Avatar, who's like supposed to be like most powerful ancient being on earth. And he's just like a cranky old uncle who doesn't really want to do anything. Yep. Yeah, I was shocked because the beginning made him like, like his character drawings in the beginning made him look like he was super cool you know like he was the the guy and then i see this guy and i'm just like okay i guess i guess he's just this lazy old man (laughs) i mean if you were you know around for like a million years and everyone was telling you like you're the only one who can save the world i'd be a little resentful (laughs) (laughs) yeah like the part when he gets in bed and he's like, they're like, oh my gosh, Avatar, you have to save us. And he's like, eh, wake me up when the world's destroyed again. Like I was like, yeah, it's a mood. I feel that. <laughs> this ain't my first apocalypse, kids. Like settle down. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Weird that he chose to just model Peter Falk instead of like doing his own thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, teach their own, I guess. <laughs> uh, Jesse Wells plays Eleanor, the fairy queen. Uh, she had a lot of bit parts in random 70s and 80s TV shows, such as Medical Center, The Rockford Files, Soap, TJ Hooker, and Newhart. Uh, and her character made zero fucking sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this giant, like, large-chested fairy who's just hanging around Avatar, betrays him, but not really, and is then just suddenly married to him at the end? What, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what was her excuse for like betraying him? She was like, "My, I touched him. I touched um, what's his name? Peace. I I touched peace, and then you know everything changed. I was like taken over by Black Wolf, and then <laughs> Ehawk. What's it? Mihawk? Weehawk. Weehawk. He was just like, "All right, <laughs> all right, I forgive you." <laughs> like in two seconds. It was that quick. I love when he's like screaming, like she didn't betray us. Like as everything's <laughs> collapsing. It's like we gotta save her. It's cool. <laughs> like, like, like when they're in the castle, and she's like, she's like, "Wee hawk!" And he jumps down. And he's like, "Slut!" <laughs> I laughed my ass off at "slut." <laughs> Slut slaps to the face. <laughs> that that sounded to me like a he's about to kill me. I need to say something. Defense. I don't think she was possessed by shit. <laughs> Man. Um. Richard Romanus plays Weehawk, the Kung Fu elf. Another guy I was like, who is this guy? Um, Romanus is a character actor who was in Mean Streets, Point of No Return, Heavy Metal, and three episodes of The Sopranos. And uh, he was good. A lot of the side characters don't, like, 
he's supposed to be like the elf representative, but he looks nothing like the rest of his race. Just like the fairy queen <laughs> looks nothing like the rest of the fairies and is like three, four feet taller than the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> but he was just there for the ride. And I'm like, all right, this Hobbit dude's going to save the world. I'll take it. He brought a different mood because he was like super serious at some parts, you know, and then the rest of the movie just was so weird. It was like, it's humorous, Com- like it has comedy but it's also super serious and violent it's like how am i supposed to what am i supposed to feel yeah i felt like he was the adult of the group he was like all right that's great and all but like we gotta we gotta <laughs> stop hitler too okay we gotta we have a mission yeah it was i love that one line at the end when it's like hitler was dead again like yeah. <laughs> is that what we were doing was he was he hitler too they never it was implied, but Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I love at the end when they're just casually like, oh, by the way, you're king of the world now. And he's like, yes. yeah, sure. Okay. You're, you're serious? <laughs> he was like, come on, guys, let's go back to our kingdom. And they're like, no, no, no. you're going to go back to the kingdom alone. We're going to go off and do our own thing. You're the king now. And he was like, I bet. <laughs> you're going to go declare that you're king of the world with no backup and the wizard is not here to be- to tell them otherwise. So good luck claiming that one, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve Gravers plays Black Wolf, the evil wizard. Um, he was a big TV guy in the 60s and 70s. Some of his TV show appearances include Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The Untouchables, B- Bonanza, Gunsmoke, I Spy, Ironside, The Wild Wild West, Columbo, and Charlie's Angels. So he popped in on a lot of different TV stuff, and then he in, and then he played an evil wizard in this movie. Uh, he died in 1978 at 56 years old from lung cancer, and I find it very strange that the actors who played the good and evil wizard both died at 56 years old. Interesting. Oh, that's so. It's like they were actually twins. I know. I also love that concept of just like twins: one who is good and one who is pure fucking evil, and then just not dealing with that. Like knowing that and still just letting this evil kid do evil shit. <laughs> so weird because usually the evil kid has a reason to be evil, but no, he was just born evil, you know? <laughs> and the I never liked was- that. I never liked born evil. It always feels like lazy writing to me. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I was born without flesh on my arms, I would be pretty pissed off too. I always got the vibe that Avatar did that to him in their first battle. You think so? I think so. Because, I mean, that would just be fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my baby just doesn't. It has bones for arms. I don't know what happened, but he just came out like that. <laughs> Didn't she just like one day realize like, oh, I have to go have babies now and just went into the house and had wizard babies <laughs> like there was no. <laughs> this how fucking stoned was he when he came up with this? I know it is it is a cool backstory I think though just because it was so detailed like he could have just said oh there was once a good a good wizard and once a bad wizard but no he had to make the whole fucking fairy kingdom like appear out of the the destroyed planet (laughs) well I think he needed to establish all of that so he could use the Nazis (laughs) (laughs) like you can't just have the nazis show up in fairy world you have to have the established ruined earth first (laughs) and just work from there i could see him sitting there with two scripts one is like a fantasy movie about two wizards and the other one is about like 
Hitler too, and he's like, hmm, I have an idea. I'm gonna put them together. <laughs> I would I wouldn't be surprised if that that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh final cast member David Proval plays Peace, the robot. Proval played the recently paroled asshole Richie April in the second season of The Sopranos. And it was also in Mean Streets, The Shawshank Redemption, The Phantom, Balls of Fury, and The Monster Squad. And uh, he's the only cast member I recognized, apart from Mark Hamill, who plays a fairy for two seconds. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Proval was cool. I like the I, I like Peace, the idea of a of assassin robot who's like decommissioned and then turned into a bodyguard. I like that a lot. I've seen that done before, but it probably came out of this. I really liked his character a lot. I don't like how, um, you know, later in the movie, his character isn't really the focal point because I really thought he was going to play a big part in the movie. But, you know, I, I still liked him a lot. They kill him off so quick and it happens. <laughs> I feel like th there, there, are, there are so many big story moments in this movie that just happen like that, like out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know why everybody throws their sword the whole time. Like that's that's a terrible way to fight. And also it's so weird that he like deflated like a balloon. Yeah, that was weird. Man. But you know, whatever. Yeah. I, at that point, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in at this point. Like you can do anything. I'm already invested in this. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for broke. Yeah. Peace the robot. It's weird that they made him like the poster and he's he's barely in the movie. I think he's the coolest, though. <laughs> he is cool. Uh, Wizards has an IMDb score of 6.5, Rotten Tomatoes score of 59%. It grossed $9 million on a budget of $2 million, so it did okay. Uh, it's pretty uh, universal cult classic at this point. There was a planned sequel, but it never came about due to production difficulties. Uh, back in the 80s, he was like, I'm doing Wizards too," and then he didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's sad. I would have liked to see that. <laughs> well, it, I guess Wizards didn't do well enough for any studio to consider it a legitimate investment. And then in 2015, he said that he finished a script for Wizards 2 and it is going to be his next film. But again, he can't get studio backing. So I don't know. It probably will happen, just not for a long time. What would the story be? I mean, Hitler 2 is already dead. I read into it. His plan was to focus on Avatar and Eleanor's new kingdom that uh, the one guy, uh, Weehawk, keeps uh, interfering in. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking their kingdoms would probably go to war over some dumb shit. Interesting. Yeah. Throw in some aliens, you know, throw in some uh, lewd characters, uh, prostitutes, and then you got a, you go. a Bashy film. We got Nazis in this one. Yeah, fuck it. Why not have aliens in the next one? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, double down alien nazis <laughs> put in a xenomorph <laughs> just kidding hitler in a robot body like and his nazis on the moon invade you know <laughs> fantasy world <laughs> in any other filmmaker's hands i'd say it's crazy but i think he, he would and could do it <laughs> um do you have a favorite character or hmm um, I liked the, the evil wizard, uh, Black Wolf, because he was so generically evil. There was no other aspect of that guy's personality. He was just popping up like, ah, evil. 
randomly. And he, he reminded me of Skeletor from He-Man. Yes. <laughs> just like, meh, like no, he's just twirling his mustache the whole time. There's no depth to this guy at all. And then his his ending was fucking perfect. I've never seen a better in my life in all the movies I've ever seen. I have never seen a more satisfying <laughs> like conclusion to a good versus evil story. <laughs> yeah, jeez. I think my honestly my favorite characters were the stupid soldiers that Black Wolf had that had the gas masks on the entire time. Yes, they were trying to deal with the priests. Yes, he's like, no, no, I'm asking the questions. Yeah, yeah, he's asking the questions. Yeah, I'm asking the questions. Or the one who's like, they killed Fritz. Oh, I thought those characters brought a lot of life to the movie because, like, the character, the main characters, they don't have enough backstory. They're just like, I feel like their story isn't fully done, which is makes sense because you told me that they didn't have a script or or you know. They- so there was a lack of storyboard for this movie, is what I was reading. Like. There was only a couple of panels and they were like, all right, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's it's really hard to tell who's your favorite character when you don't even know them. You, you feel like you don't know them. But um, yeah, I really like those funny characters because I feel like they bring the, the movie to life in a way. I like the king of the fairies who's like, <laughs> We're not going to help them, and we're not going to hinder them either. Now let them go. <laughs> okay. Um, I did think it was funny that all the demons were kind of, like, based off, like, Abbott and Costello sketches. <laughs> like, they were just, like... And also the idea that, like, if eventually they're just going to give up and go away. Yep. <laughs> I'd love to fight an army that just is like, you know what, we're, we're done for today. <laughs> Wasn't that, like, a big plot point? Like, that's why Black Wolf got the projector was because i think it i think it said at one point in the movie that like his armies kept failing because i like, kept getting distracted and bored so just like walked away yeah they didn't have the resolve and you know military focus that of course the nazis had so oh, yeah. <laughs> that he dug up a projector and was like you know act like this I didn't even know there was a projector in the movie until the narrator at the end was like, the projector was destroyed. And I was like, wait, what? And I was, because I thought that whole projector thing wasn't, I thought, I didn't think it was like a weapon. I thought it was part of the art, I guess. You know, I don't know, because there was so much art blended into this film. It's like, what is, how does this correspond with the cartoons and how does, you know, the real life people, you know, I don't know. It was confusing to me. So I didn't know there was a projector till the end. I love that we kept seeing unfinished backgrounds. That there's just like, you know, that characters are perfectly drawn. And then there's like pencil drawings of a castle in the background. And they just like, fuck it, we're out of money, put it in. But some of those backgrounds, dude, were so freaking detailed. I was like, holy shit. Was- it was impressive. Uh artwork and i don't think i've like this it's an animation style that never really left the 70s uh it's just it's so rough and you know disney definitely cornered the market on animation so stuff like this didn't really make the kind of money it possibly could have made had disney not had a monopoly i kind of like it though because it shows that i mean all animation shows that people worked on it but when it's rough and like, raw and raw yeah you can tell that people actually put their time and like 
yeah their creative spin on what they're doing like black wolf like i don't know i thought he was black wolf and peace both looked really cool like their character designs were i don't know they were really cool yeah it's very like it's like an art piece that you get to see all the progress that was made into it unlike you know movies nowadays where you don't even know like who worked on what like you don't know who did that piece of art or like who who did that character but you can clearly see every single like difference between the background to the characters the the hitler you know all that yeah like we just watched encanto and obviously it's a wonderfully animated movie it's like beautiful but then you watch wizards and it's just so different like one is made by a huge corporation and then one is made by like a couple people artists yeah it feels more like artists you know but um yeah that's true that's a good point um so i think with that let's dig into the movie um i have some highlights here i wanted to talk about um the fact that black wolf's throne room is uh sitting on a giant ass swastika before the nazis even show up like this guy had a plan yeah and there was like a corpse like in the foreground that had like a jewish symbol on it i was like that tiny detail is like so vulgar like tiny details like that can make a scene more like what the fuck (laughs) like was that a jewish symbol was that a nazi symbol (laughs) i probably i mean I think, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I think using actual footage of the Third Reich and their military parades was a fucking gamble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, it weirdly worked, but I can I can only imagine pitching that. <laughs> like, we're got I got this wizard world, and there's these two wizards at war, and one of them's gonna raise the Nazis from hell and just paint his army to look like. The Nazis is going to be swastikas everywhere. We're going to see Adolf Hitler in the flesh. <laughs> just, you know, I, and then somebody had to hear that and it was like, you know what? Here's $2 million to make it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so like weird how we were watching something with the army. Like we were basically watching the Nazi uh, projector with the army so we felt like we were part of the army sort of and it's funny because they're all like wizard like creatures and it's like they look so serious but they're lizard creatures yeah i thought it was cool because so he he was using the projector um i think for two different reasons one it was to like hype his troops up you know get them to like be like yeah violence but it was also to scare the other like the like the like the elves and the fairies and everyone. So I thought it was interesting how it's like one piece of media or technology can affect two groups of people completely different. Like like a a film of Hitler mm-hmm. can scare terrify one group of people to the point to where they get massacred and could um, just hype this other group of people up so much that they become extremely violent. And that's really powerful, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, it's Bakshi using propaganda as like a message of, you know, what it can do with its power to reinforce your army and scare the shit out of the enemy. And it's, you know, it's, it's a powerful message. Uh, pretty damn like 
on the nose. Like he, he wasn't subtle about fucking anything. No. <laughs> but solid message. He used like his full artistic freedom in this film. Like, unlike yeah. they, you know, I don't think, you know, with all the PG films and granted, I don't think this was supposed to be, I feel like it was supposed to be PG 13 or rated R, but like, it's sad that we don't get this much artistic freedom nowadays. Yeah, I mean, you put a you put a dick in the Little Mermaid, and the the internet will find it in like you know, like ten minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, PG thirteen didn't exist till nineteen eighty four, so I guess at the time they were like, I, I I don't I mean, there's a lot of just you know pointy nipples in this movie, so I'm wondering <laughs> like that alone oh, yeah. probably should have landed this in R. <laughs> and that scene where like the math the, the armies are just like massacring each other and there's a bunch a whole bunch of blood like i don't know i guess if you paid off the right people you got a pg <laughs> yeah 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 um the robot assassin i have a feeling this influenced the terminator oh yeah it just feels so much like the terminator you know, e- evil yeah. robot sent to kill somebody specifically. They get captured, recommissioned as a protector. That's T1 and 2 right there. Yeah, that does make sense. Without the whole um, time travel thing. It does remind you of that character in Terminator. Yeah. I don't know, just a thought. Um, a movie that came to mind watching this, um, this really reminded me of the Black Cauldron. Yes. Yes, it did. How so? One, I haven't seen a Black Cauldron. It's a it's a it's, it's Disney's weirdest movie. Uh 1985 didn't do well. It's basically about a it was um a book series of like five or six books that got condensed into one movie, which is never a good idea. Uh this kid who's an assistant uh pig keeper, he like protects this psychic pig is a uh, Capture the the pig is captured by the bad guy, this demon called the Horned King, and he has to go save the pig. And while he's saving the pig, he finds this like magic sword, frees a princess and a bard, and they escape. And he makes a deal with this like these witches for this magical, powerful uh, tool called the Black Cauldron, which can resurrect the dead. And yeah, from there it just gets crazier. <laughs> oh my, yeah, yeah. Black Wolf and the Horned King are pretty similar. Actually, like they both raised raised the dead. They both wow, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, even that little weird lizard thing at the end reminded me of that like creeper guy that hangs around the Horn King. Yes, <laughs> that's that's yeah. You're right. I wonder if some of the same animators worked on these two movies. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised honestly. No, because it's a sim- very similar style. Uh, Disney never really went that dark again because it just it bombed for them. And they still own the rights to that series. They've yet to let anybody take a crack at it again, which is a shame because I've heard it's a pretty good series. Interesting. Yeah. The Chronicles of Predane. I tried to read the first book. I couldn't get into it. But you know, people who love it, love it. <laughs> um, I love the betrayal of Eleanor because it comes out of nowhere and then never is resolved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, what did she say? She says, when I was... Okay, so so what, what happened? So she was talking to Peace about something, and because she touched Peace, 
and peace is always having this internal struggle between Black Wolf's control and Avatar's control that when she touched peace, some of Black Wolf got into her and controlled her to kill peace. Okay. Even in this crazy ass world, that's a stretch. Yeah. (laughs) Is it peace itself an eternal struggle between right and wrong? Oh, dude. <laughs> See, that's why he's the best character. <laughs> I love that these fuckers roll up in a tank and Eleanor just deflates the robot with a throwing sword and jumps in the tank. <laughs> and Avatar's like, everything I know is out of whack now. <laughs> yeah, he was fucked up after that. He was like, I don't know what to do. And Weehawk's like, we got to save the world, so you better buck up here, man. Like, you're... You're our ace in the hole. Without you, we're fucked. So get your shit together. <laughs> Which again, just because of the ending, Avatar was not needed. It was great. Like anybody could have done that. Yep. There was it was ridiculous. I can't wait to talk about that at length, which yep. we're going to in a minute here. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the final battle between the fairies and the the I guess demons, uh, demon Nazis. Demon Nazi robots. I don't. I mean, they're the same thing. (laughs) And it's just so much blood. It's so gory. Axes to the face. Limbs getting chopped off. Just blood everywhere. (laughs) I want this to pop up on Disney Plus. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, nobody checked it first. They just saw, like, animated movie owned by Fox or PG. All right, throw it up. (laughs) <laughs> or you know how on Disney Plus they always like for the old old movies they do that warning where it says with the views in this film don't reflect our views today. <laughs> what if they did the same thing for this movie? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Subscribers would have a fit. Some you know some moms gonna walk in on their kid watching wizards and just be like, what is this? My god. Oh no. Dude, they would they would see those nipples and be like, oh my god, this is not what are you doing? They wouldn't even look at the gore that would be like, there's nipples in this movie, Disney. Exactly. They would brush over all the blood and shit and just be like, I see nipples. <laughs> god. Okay, so the the best moment of the film by far and one of the greatest moments in film history that I've ever witnessed. Cause I, I wish I had the balls to write something like that. <laughs> just, just be like, fuck it. Let's shoot him. Yeah. They're hyping up this huge wizard battle, right? Because at the beginning it's like they had a huge battle and ultimately avatar let black wolf. Uh, he, what? No, he left him. He, oh my God. He let him leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end he comes up and he's literally like, hello. And then black Wolf was like, you old fool. And then he was like, I'm glad you changed your name, you son of a bitch. And then shot him in the chest and then the head. Yeah, I like how he shoots him twice. And he's like, <laughs> the second one. It's, not even, it's not even just the shot. It's that he got off like a lethal weapon style, like, you know, one liner before he killed him. Yes. It's just been revoked. Like, some, like that kind of shit. It was amazing. And then fucking evil wizard just goes down. Like, that's it. Somebody just had to shoot him. <laughs> I think that's freaking awesome because I was definitely looking forward. I was thinking they were going to bring out their wands or some shit like Harry Potter and start saying random ass 
uh, spells at each other but no that would that was so surprising I was like but then again am I actually surprised am I surprised because this film is crazy so but it also I think it fits Avatar's character personality because he throughout the entire movie he is literally like I don't have time for this shit so when he gets there he's like I don't have time for this dead well, I love it's hinted throughout that he like, you know, he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to kill his brother. There's this, you know, it's still family. That's why you let him go in the first place. And then, then he's just like, you know what? Fuck this. Boom. <laughs> like, yep. Not my problem anymore. I got to I got to marry this big titted fairy. Like I got things going on. <laughs> I don't have time for you. <laughs> Your priorities shift over time, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Just pulls out a Ruger and is like, fuck you. <laughs> There's no, he doesn't even fight back. It's like Black Wolf doesn't do any magic. He's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do he's just, he's like, oh, is it. I like how he looks so shocked. His, his eyes. He was like, what? Well, it's because I think, it, honestly, I think it's because Black Wolf did not expect Avatar to do that because technically a gun is technology. Exactly. And Avatar is such like, magic nature you know i'm a hippie and then all of a sudden he's like surprise bitch ah. it's like if at the end of the hobbit radagast the brown just pulls out a shotgun and fucks up smog <laughs> like, it'd be cool but you were like i didn't see this coming <laughs> and then i think it also um is another message that Bakshi was trying to portray like technology isn't evil it's morally how you use it yeah it, it, yeah it's about <laughs> how you use it it's uh like whose hands it's in exactly. it's the person that uses it not not the technology itself well magic has the same lesson you know it's in in good hands it's pure in the wrong hands it's bad same technology it's all about the message is you know be a good person and use you know use whatever you have for the right reasons it's a good lesson and also if your evil wizard brother's a dick shoot him in the face Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine if Harry Potter ended that way, you know. Harry just pulls out a Glock, ends that shit right there. Oh my god! Just take the time turner, go back in time, and shoot Tom Riddle in the face as a child. There you go. Problem solved. Kind of makes me honestly. This all kind of makes me feel sort of bad for Black Wolf because he didn't think that he could be defeated at all. Like he he thought that he was the most powerful person, and then he doesn't think that his brother is like smart enough to shoot him with a gun. But he was fucking wrong. Honestly, if it wasn't for the Nazis, I'd question who the real evil brother was here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah right. that ending is is absolutely amazing. And uh, then it's they're just like you know the, the evil demons die off, they crumble, the Nazis all go away for good this time, I guess. And yeah, Avatar just like I'm gonna go be king of a new kingdom, and uh, that's it. Bye. <laughs> oh wait, that brings us to the question. What you said earlier was when you're thinking who is actually you know the good guy. You, you think that. Um, avatar was a good guy or do you think he was just like like do you think he had a side or he was just doing it whatever he felt was good for his own good and because he was kind of being selfish in a way by you know not caring about the world like so well, do you think, think he's a good guy i think that in the beginning there was supposed to be some like you know this was destiny he was 
good. Black Wolf was evil. But over the course of a million years or however, you develop as a person, your priorities shift, you learn things, you take things away. And I think Avatar was just became so disillusioned with the world that he had no more. He had no time for it. He he found things he believed in and he held on to that. But I think that's why he just was like, you know, ending this thing with his brother. because He's like, we need to stop the you know, this needs to stop. Like destiny does not control our lives. And the only way to prove that is to end this shit. That's that's what I thought. So do you think Black Wolf, I guess on the other side of that, you think Black Wolf was evil because he wanted to be evil or because like Destin, like he was told that like, you are the evil brother? Um, I think a, a mixture. I think that um, he wins. I think they represent the opposite of what they were trying to do. I think Black Wolf, by embracing technology for the for evil and embracing not, you know, the Nazis and trying to take over the world, he became a relic while avatar embracing you know life and existence in the future he became progressive like he was looking to the future for himself black wolf was looking to the past for himself so their ideologies i think got twisted and black wolf suffered because of it but anyone who's going to raise the nazis from hell is the bad guy i'm not i'm not going to dispute that oh yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. We wouldn't want to go against that. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any other things you want to spotlight from this weird ass movie? It was just freaking weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Not even like music videos as weird as this. Like, I don't know what could top the weirdness of this movie. But that's a good thing because the world needs weird shit. Like we need artistic shit. Like and without the mind of someone like Bakshi, we would never have been able to see something like this. You know, I think it's always good to share the weird shit that you want to share with the world, even if it's going against, um, you know, whatever rules there are in animation or whatever field you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was what when I was watching it, I was I was thinking like if they were because you know it's a big thing today in movies to remake old movies and make them better, and I was watching the movie and I was thinking if they were to remake this today with you know new animation and you know I don't want to say better animation but better animation, um, would it still be as good? Like, would it still be as impactful as, as it was? I don't think it would. I think the I think the weirdness and the raw, like we were talking about, the raw animation and the raw art really pushes the message that Bakshi was trying to, you know, to put out there. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think they could make something like this today, which is why I, I cast doubt on Wizards 2. Uh, yeah. This just seems like the kind of thing that's going to be stuck in its time, which I think it's, is a good thing. Um, I, I wanted to point out the narration. Uh, because it's so much narration. It's and it's just random points in the movie. She comes yep. back and is like, you know, Avatar continued walking. And here they are, you know, there was much rejoicing. And it's just like at times unnecessary, but makes me laugh. I go back into like a Ren Fair thing. I'm just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think it's because he I think I also read somewhere that he ran out of money. And I think so if I don't want to I 
I don't want to give wrong information, but I think I remember reading that he went to a meeting and it was at the same meeting that George Lucas went to to ask for more money for Star Wars. And uh, Ralph Bakshi was also there to ask for more money for this movie. And they were both told no. So that's why the animation was so weird in, in Wizards. And that's why he used that rotoscope stuff, which I don't know, I kind of like. He was like, all right, I don't have any more money, but I still want to make this movie. I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. And the fact that he was at a meeting with George Lucas and Mark Hamill is a voice uh, is a voice in this movie for like five seconds is hilarious. I read in the trivia that George Lucas was a big fan of this movie. Uh, I wonder if, you know, Ralph Bakshi remembered that meeting and was like, oh, yeah, George, what's that Star Wars thing? I guess I'll go check out that movie you know and he was like oh my god (laughs) one of us is going to change the world and it's not you ralph sorry yeah oh man funny star wars story i remember reading um in 1977 uh, steven spielberg and george lucas who were best friends had a deal um they were going to take a percentage point on each other's 77 movie and Spielberg made Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which did really well. George made a little bit of profit. Lucas made Star Wars, which was one of the highest grossing films of all time. And Spielberg made a fucking mint. (laughs) And Lucas was a little pissed about that. Oh, man. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, here are some filmgasm facts for wizards. Number one, the horse-like animals had two feet instead of four because it was easier and cheaper to animate. I love that. <laughs> Instead of just making horses, they just made these weird ostrich-looking fuckers and just never explained it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there were like, number two. There were a lot of things in this movie that wasn't explained that weren't. Oh, yeah, they just kind of, he just assumes you're on board. And I, I kind of like, I respect that. Like, I'm going to start writing stuff just assuming the audience. Like, if you've, if you've gotten this far, you're probably going to be willing to go a little further. <laughs> you know you know what it reminded me of? Have you read Discworld by Terry Pratchett? I haven't. I've read some Terry Pratchett. I haven't read Discworld. It is exactly the same. It's like, I'm going to assume you're on board with this. So there you go. Here is a chest with legs that walks itself. Have fun. Hmm. It honestly inspired me to want to write something that makes zero fucking sense to anybody but myself. <laughs> um, number two, the religious articles in the temple include pinball machines, a Coca-Cola sign, a catcher's mitt, an Oscar statue, a jukebox, and a gold front grill from a Rolls Royce. <laughs> religious symbols? <laughs> I mean, aren't they? Don't those all kind of represent like a, a religion of consumerism? And capitalism in America. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially today, the Oscar symbol. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I really yeah. liked the Coca-Cola one. It was like just I thought it really made time like appear in the film because it, it kind of gave you a sense of how old or how uh yeah how old the modern day was in that film yeah yeah, yeah. It, it kind of reminded you like oh shit wait this is earth in the future <laughs> yeah i love the constant reminders of that and that you know coca-cola what like the iconography will last millions of years mm-hmm. kind of funny um and number three george lucas recommended mark hamill to ralph bakshi for the voice of sean 
Lucas was very excited to see the film and was a big fan of Bakshi. I also love that. There's these, you know, there's Avatar, Eleanor the Fairy Queen, Peace the Robot, and Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Sean. That mixture of like real names and fairy tale names in in fantasy world always make me laugh. I don't know why they keep doing that. Like Game of Thrones did that a lot, you know, to have characters like Cersei and Daenerys Targaryen and then have a dude named Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, there it is. I give Wizards a seven. It's really weird. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's very creative. And I will. Yeah, that ending is going to stay with me. I fucking love that. Um, I give it a six. I just, I guess I just don't understand this film as much as I want to. And if I was deaf, I feel like if I was in his mindset and in the seventies and, you know, in his like time, I would understand what he's trying to do. But, um, I thought the artwork was absolutely awesome. Um, so that's kind of why I give this a higher, a high rating, um, but I guess I just feel like it's not a movie that I gravitate towards, but um, I can't, you know, other people definitely don't agree with me, but yeah. I think I, I think I give it an eight just because I don't think they'll, there were, I don't think there will ever be a movie quite like this. And I give mad, I have mad respect for him for running out of money and being like, I don't care. I'm still going to make the movie I want to make. Here you yeah. go. Imagine if, like, towards the end of Encanto, they're like the, the background just gets increasingly shittier animation to the point where it's just pencil drawings, <laughs> <laughs> and they just keep going. That's that's awesome. And then they shoot their grandma in the face. Whoa! Oh my! Bruno God. strolls in with a gun and is just like, "I'm important." <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you like what we do, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. You can always suggest films for us to check out, give us feedback. Uh, you can hit us up on the socials or email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred podcast provider. We appreciate anything. And as always, check out the website, filmgasm.com, for reviews, articles, and trailers of upcoming movies, as well as every episode of all four of our shows. Um, I'd like to thank Julian Colton for guest hosting this episode with me. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Next week on Netflix, we're getting a brand new Leatherface adventure with Fede Alvarez's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. On this podcast, we've already covered the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as well as its 1986 cult classic sequel. So we're going to take a stab at the 2003 remake starring Jessica Biel, Andrew Bernarski, and Arlie Ermey. Sure to be a great episode. It's fucking Leatherface week next week on all on three of our shows. Uh, so shit's going to get choppy. Uh, <laughs> don't miss The Pyramid on Fridays Beyond the Bad, the 2011 documentary Undefeated on Oscar Sunday, and the murder mystery Death on the Nile on Monday's sneak preview. Until then, don't get caught in the middle of any wizard family squabbles and keep watching movies. <laughs>